he heard the familiar jingling of the jailer's keys. He'd been in and out of this prison cell for years and had become somewhat of a notorious criminal. But this time, he killed a man. There was no way out of it for him this time. As the jailer approached his cell, he had prepared himself for just punishment. He was to die for his crimes. But the words that the jailer spoke stunned him. He said, Barabbas, you're free to go. Jesus is dying in your place. He was absolutely shocked. But it didn't stop him from hustling out the door before anybody changed their mind. As he did, he caught a glimpse of his two partners in crime still waiting their death on a cross. The bright sun really caused him to squint as he hustled out in the street and to find his way home. And as he did, he could hear a crowd in the distance shouting, crucify. And he was still confused just what had taken place that resulted in his release. But there was one thing that he really did know. He had done nothing to deserve his freedom. See, Barabbas was a, he was a known criminal in ancient Jerusalem. He, along with a number of others, were considered uh, part of this ongoing rebellion in the area. And they weren't just common thieves, they were notorious rebels. And it wasn't uncommon during these festivals, such as Passover, for the governor in those days to release a prisoner at the request of the public. And when Jesus was arrested for claiming to be the Son of God, the religious people of the day were so angry at his claims that they would rather set a known murderer free than to allow Jesus to live. And so Barabbas was released. And in a very real sense, he found himself the benefactor of this man Jesus who was drawing all of the anger, all of the wrath of the crowd to himself. But there were two other criminals who weren't released from their cells. And they walked along with Jesus to a hill where they'd be put to death for their crimes. As far as we know, Barabbas never stood face to face with Jesus, but these two men did. And this brief encounter that they had with Jesus is the story that I want to look at this Easter morning. We're beginning a new series of talks today called To Change a Life, where we're looking at this interaction that Jesus had with people, people like you and me, and and how it changed and transformed their lives. And we find this encounter, this story, in the book of Luke today. It's chapter 22. Those verses are printed in your bulletin today. You'll also find them on the screen this morning. It says that as Jesus was hanging on the cross between these two thieves, one of the criminals began to shout insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Do something. Save yourself and save us. The other criminal stopped him and said, Don't you even fear God? You're getting the same punishment as he is. But we're punished justly. We're getting what we deserve for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, as he turned to Jesus, he said, Jesus, 
remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in heaven. As we read further on this passage, we see that Jesus died on that cross. He was buried in a tomb, but he rose back to life three days later. And when he did, in doing that, he brought brand new life to everyone who would believe in him. And this this is the story of Easter. It's what we're here to celebrate today. It's what we're here to reflect on. And for many, this is a season for a lot of people who have placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. This is like the anthem day of our entire year of celebrating the price that Jesus paid for us. For those who are still seeking, those who are still asking questions, and this is one of those days in the year where people come and they listen and they open themselves once again to the gospel and an opportunity for Jesus to speak to them. And no matter where you find yourself today, we're glad that you're here. There's no better place to be than in church talking about what Jesus Christ did for you and for me on that Easter day. I'm sure there's a number of things that we could actually talk about with this story. These, these thieves on the cross, it's such a quick encounter that they had with Jesus. Not many words between them. But I simply want to point out one thing, and that is this. What did the thief do after Jesus said, today you'll be with me in heaven? What did he do? Because it's significant. He did nothing. He did nothing at all. And I'll tell you why that's significant today. He was hanging on a cross, and he would die in a matter of moments. There was literally nothing that this man could do. And I want to take a few minutes to talk about this because it's the foundation of what the Bible calls the gospel, the good news that Jesus can save mankind. And here's the one thing that we're going to center on today. It's the one thing, and that is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. There is nothing that you can do to earn this gift. It only takes believing in Jesus. And this story today is actually a perfect example, a perfect, beautiful picture of this, because there was no opportunity for this thief on the cross to do anything but believe in him. Jesus plus Nothing equals everything. And that is the message of the gospel. That is salvation. There is nothing that you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to pay it back. There's nothing that you can do to make it up. But we live in this world that is so bent on doing something in order to get something. How many of you guys can relate to that? It requires doing something in order to get something. That is the culture of the world that we live in. And maybe, maybe because of that, this, this concept, this, this salvation, this gospel is difficult to grasp because we want to do something. We want to earn something. We want to deserve something. And so this is so out of the box for us. For those who prefer to, uh, to do something, it's difficult to comprehend. Because the world says do and Christianity says done. I'm going to say that again. The world says do, Christianity says it's already been done. In fact, those were the final words that Jesus spoke on the cross. 
He said, it's done. It's finished. I have done everything necessary for salvation. Everything that's needed to be done was accomplished by Jesus Christ on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. He took the wrath of the judgment. And just like this story of Barabbas, he died in our place. So one of the leaders in the early church was named Paul, and he wrote about this. And in his writings, he referred to it as the scandal of the cross. It's interesting vernacular. The scandal of the cross, it wasn't fair. Fair would have been for us to pay for our sins, right? Fair would have been for you to do something to earn your salvation. That's fair. But the cross was gloriously unfair. It was scandalous. When there was absolutely nothing that you and I could do to earn our salvation, someone else saved us. Now listen, it's about time that some of you guys start saying amen. It's Easter morning, and we're talking about the story of what Jesus did. Let's just break some of the ice here, okay? Seriously, I'm like five minutes into my sermon. Listen, guys. When there was absolutely nothing that you and I could do to earn our salvation, someone else saved us. His name was Jesus. The gospel is the good news that Jesus has offered you a brand new life. If you only place your belief in him, it doesn't take anything else. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So this man, Paul, thank you. Now you're humoring me. (laughs) This man, Paul, he wrote two books. Perhaps you've heard of these books. They're called Romans and Galatians. And it's hard to understand Galatians if you haven't read Romans. Romans is the only book in the Bible that actually explains salvation in kind of a logical kind of a way. And then, so, so Paul wrote Romans, but then he had to write Galatians for those who still didn't get it. Now let's, without maybe raising your hand, How many of you guys would fall into that category with me? I need another explanation. And so the book of Galatians was written by Paul to help those who still didn't grasp a hold of what Romans was trying to communicate. What does it require for salvation? In fact, in this book, in these two books, he introduces these two principles of the Christian faith. And really, there are two questions. The first question is, what does it take to receive salvation? And the second question is, what does it look like to live out my salvation? The Bible uses these two old theological words to answer the questions. Those words are justification and sanctification. We're going to talk about those today. Justification is being made right in God's eyes. It's what's necessary to receive salvation. It's something Jesus has done for you already. You could say it this way. Justification is what Jesus did to bring salvation. He justified you. You didn't justify yourself. He justified you. He made you right in God's eyes. Paul wrote this in the book of Romans. He said, for in the gospel, a justification that comes from God is revealed. It's made known. And make no mistake, listen, make no mistake, it is a justification by faith in Jesus from beginning to end. It only comes through faith in Jesus. Justification is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus Christ has already done. And then Paul talks about sanctification. 
Now again, these two words are very connected. Both of them are graces of the gospel, but they're very different in their purpose and in their function. So sanctification is the process of you becoming like your Savior. The Bible refers to it as you working out your salvation, or you might better say it this way, it's working in your salvation. It's working your salvation into your life. So today, let's summarize it like this. Sanctification is what we do to become more like our Savior. Both of these are graces of the gospel, but they're very separate. Paul wrote this to one of the churches in Philippians. He said, in your lives, you should begin to think and act like Christ Jesus. That's sanctification. You should begin to model him. That's what sanctification is. He wrote to others saying, you're becoming a new man in the image of Christ. There's something that's going on inside of you. So to look at these two words, you see justification is a, it's a complete work that Jesus has already done for you. It's finished. Sanctification is a process of you becoming more like your Savior. And so let's back up again. Looking at this book of Galatians that Paul wrote, where he's trying to explain what salvation is for people who didn't get it the first go around. And he says this. Well, first of all, he's not primarily focused on sanctification. He gets to that later in the book what you need to do to become more like Christ. You can't skip over the first part. You can't like leapfrog to the end of the book of Galatians because you skip the first part of this book where he talks about justification. What does it require to be saved? Justification. It's so important. You've got to understand justification before you ever start trying to be good or do good things. Because if you don't understand justification, you are going to fall into the trap of believing that you can earn something, that you can earn favor with God, that somehow you can do something to make him love you. God loves you already. He loves you right where you're at. He knows what you said this morning. (laughs) He knows what you did last night, and he still loves you. You don't do something to earn that. And Paul is adamant about people understanding what justification is. It's it's what salvation requires. And guess what? It's already been done. Jesus justified you. You need to recognize your salvation is not dependent upon what you do. This is what Paul is communicating. You could say it this way. Your justification does not depend on your sanctification. Are they both important? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. But your salvation does not depend on your works. So Paul had to write this book of Galatians because the local church was teaching that salvation required faith in Jesus plus something. That you had to do something else. The religious leaders were teaching you must believe in Jesus and be circumcised in order to receive salvation. Listen, it was the cultural topic of the day. We could spend all kinds of time in here right now talking about culturally hot topics, not the time or the place. This was the culturally hot topic of the day. Circumcision. 
They were saying you had to believe in Jesus and do something else. Now listen to this. At its core, it was a belief that Jesus alone was not enough. That's what they were preaching. Jesus alone is not enough. So Paul writes this book. It's a letter to the church. It's, it's only like six chapters long, but, but it's a long letter. If it was a book, it would seem short. If it's a letter, it's a really long letter, right? Six chapters long, trying to center the church back onto the gospel. Let's get aligned again. Here's what he said. Justification is the requirement for salvation. But it has nothing to do with what you have done. It has everything to do with what Christ has done. This is what he wrote to the Galatians. He said, it is a gift from God. Salvation is. It's a gift from God that comes through faith in Jesus alone. It's the only way. Jesus is the only way. And if you could do something to earn it, this is what he wrote, then Jesus died in vain. If it was about your works, Jesus would have never had to have gone to the cross. If you could have earned it, Jesus could have just waited it out. God never would have sent and sacrificed his only son if you could earn salvation. But you can't. I can't. Group participation. Let's be real honest. How many of you guys have recognized that you're not perfect? Ah, okay, if your hand is not up, somebody give them a, all right. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't be godly enough. We couldn't earn our salvation. We needed a savior. That is why Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died a death on a cross for you, for me, was buried And then on the third day, I'm not sure if it was April Fool's when he rose from the dead, and he said, just kidding, I'm not dead, April Fool's. That's what we're celebrating today, right? Jesus came out of the grave, and he said, I'm not dead, I'm alive. That's what we celebrate. See, sanctification is a whole separate thing. It doesn't come by checking religious boxes, by the way, but a desire to truly become like Christ. It's working your salvation into your life. You're becoming more like your Savior. But this criminal on the cross that we're talking about today, he had no opportunity for that. He had no opportunity for sanctification. He couldn't do anything. All he could do was believe. But that's all that salvation requires. And so Paul wrote this. He said, if you believe in Jesus, salvation is yours. He didn't say if you do anything, if you believe in Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So this passage, it takes on different applications for different people. For those who have not yet placed their faith in Jesus, you need to see that it's not about your goodness. It's not about your performance. It's that God simply and truly loves you as you are. For those who think that they're too far gone, that God could never redeem me, a criminal, a thief, a thug, whatever it is, 
you're too far gone to ever receive forgiveness. This passage gives you incredible hope. Just like this thief on the cross, it's never too late. For those who've already said yes to Jesus, but you live in guilt because you're not good enough, guess what? It was never about your goodness to start with. Paul writes in the book of Galatians, who's bewitched you? Who's who's fooled you? You started it believing in Jesus, but now you think that it's about your works. Your works are not connected to your salvation. It's not about how good you are. Your justification does not depend on your sanctification. You're justified when you say yes to Jesus. When you place him at the center of your life and you place your faith in him, nothing else is required and nothing else will do. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So there were these three criminals in this story. And Barabbas, of course, we, we told his story at the very beginning. He, he experienced physical freedom. He was literally released from a prison cell. He received new opportunity. We hear nothing else about what he chose to do with his life. Then there was a, a criminal on the cross who shouted angry and bitter words at God because of where he found himself in life. And maybe that's you. Maybe you look at where you're at in life and you're just angry at God and somehow you blame him. And you say, do something. Show yourself to be God. Save me from this place that I've got myself into. There was a third criminal. He's the one who our story really centers on. Because in a moment of real honesty, really understanding what got him to that place, really understanding that he needed a Savior because he was not going to be able to save himself, this thief placed his faith in Jesus. And Scripture tells us he experienced salvation that day. Jesus said, this day, you'll be with me in heaven. So what does it mean to place your faith in Jesus? Because here's what I've come to experience over 20 years of ministry, that people think it's about a magical prayer. I think the prayer is is valuable. But this criminal on the cross didn't pray a salvation prayer. Some people think it's about baptism. I think baptism is beautiful. I think it's amazing. But guess what? This thief, he didn't get baptized. He didn't participate in Sunday school. He didn't attend small groups. He didn't memorize the Lord's Prayer. As far as we know, he didn't pray a salvation prayer. Because it's not about these Magic words. Are those things valuable? Absolutely, yes. But they don't produce salvation somehow. Believing in Jesus is what saves us. It's something that happens in our heart. It's something that changes on the inside. And yes, eventually that inside change produces change on the outside as well. But to believe in Jesus simply means that you trust him with the leadership of your life. You place him at the center. That you say, God, I have tried to lead myself, 
and it's not produced very great things. Things may look great on the outside, but I am still lacking something on the inside. I need you to lead me. I really don't want to try and lead myself anymore. That's an internal decision. It's something that you choose. It's not magic words. It's a decision that you make on the inside. It's honesty setting in. And you saying, I can't save myself. I can't ever be good enough. I want to be good. I'm going to work on those things. But I'm not perfect. And if my salvation is going to be dependent on how good I am, then tomorrow I've blown it already. For some of us, maybe just on the drive home. To believe in Jesus simply means you trust him with the leadership of your life. You place him at the center. And if you have never done that, I want to give you an opportunity to do it today. Maybe you did pray a magical prayer years ago, and you thought that it was about these magical words, and then you thought that it was about how good you were. And maybe today you need an opportunity to just make a true heart decision to say, God, this is about me trusting you with my life. It's not about what I do, and it's not about what I say. Those things are important. I get it. But that's not what salvation is. Maybe that's you. And today I want to give you an opportunity also to recenter yourself on the gospel that Jesus already has done everything necessary for your justification for your salvation. He's already paid the price. That's what we celebrate on Easter. It's what we celebrate. And this is what was great. When Jesus died, he paid the price for your sins. When he died, he paid the price for your sins. (laughs) That's a good cue. Washed over all of it. Undid all the mess that we got ourselves into. But when he conquered death, listen to me, guys. When he rose from the grave, by by conquering that, not only did he pay the price for all of your sin, and all of a sudden now you're in right standing with God. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Not only did he do that, when he rose from the dead, he brought you the opportunity for the life that you've always wanted a life that's filled with fulfillment, a life that's filled with purpose, a life that's filled with joy, a life that's filled with peace, a life that's filled with hope, a life that's filled with love, all the things that we long for that we can't produce. It only comes from him. And when he rose from the dead, he brought that life to you an opportunity to say yes, an opportunity like that criminal on the cross to just place your belief in him. And if that's you today and you're ready to make that decision or you just need re-centered on the gospel, I want to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer. It's not about the words. Hear me on this. It's not about the words. It's about what is actually going on in your heart. And so I'm going to ask you guys to just take a moment, close your eyes and bow your head, because this is just a moment between you and the Lord. Your creator, your God, 
is looking down on you right now and you've got his full attention and he just wants to see what's happening in your heart right now. He's not really interested in your words. He's interested in your heart. And I want to help you maybe put words to how you're feeling on the inside. And so I'm just going to ask if, if you're ready to make that kind of a commitment, then you can pray this prayer with me. You can say, God, thank you for your great love for me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sins. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. And I trust you with the leadership of my life. From this day forward, I thank you for all that you did so that I could be justified before God. Now I ask you to help me grow, help me learn to become more like you. But Jesus, right now, I place you at the center of who I am. Amen.